Hello, listeners, and welcome to Decisive Point, our new podcast series for the U.S. Army War College Press. The Decisive Point gets directly to the heart of the matter. We invite distinguished authors to discuss their recent contributions to the press. Today, our guest is Mr. Jason J. Healy. He is the author of an article that describes how some lessons from irregular warfare can be applied to cyber conflict. His article appears in the autumn 2020 issue of Parameters. Mr. Healy is a senior researcher and adjunct faculty member at Columbia University's School for International and Public Affairs. He is also the editor of a volume entitled A Fierce Domain, Cyber Conflict, 1986 to 2012. Welcome to Decisive Point, Jay. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. You seem to have a long-standing interest in cyber conflict. Could you please tell us a little bit about how that all started? Yes, I was a uh, junior Air Force officer. I was merely a captain, and uh, it was 1998. And 1998 was a huge year for the United States and the military. A lot happened at the that year at, at the White House, at the Pentagon, and other places. And I happened to get very lucky as as this captain. Um, to kind of be caught up in that. And I was able to help stand up the very first cyber warfighting command um, called the Joint Task Force Computer Network Defense. Here I am as an 03, and I'm going head-to-head against these 05s and 06s from the other services. And then I got to go over to that uh, Joint Task Force Computer Network Defense um, in early 1999. So I was able to get in in a relatively early time. And since then, been able to broaden my perspective, to come at this from time working in the finance sector, to academia, to think tanks, to doing in the U.S., to, to working overseas. So I'm trying to, to bring all of those perspectives together, you know, and so much about what um, Army War College and those of us who are in the profession of arms, we try and bring a historical perspective to what we do. And in cyber, we've really ignored that because it's so fast moving, right? It always seems like the important changes are still to come. We ignore the history and try and look back. So that's what I do in a lot of my scholarship is let's look back at the history of cyber conflict and also let's not get so enamored of the technical parts of this that we don't look to other areas in the profession of arms where we have valuable lessons that we can pick from. Absolutely. Well, in your article, you've done something rather intriguing. You've taken some of the lessons from irregular warfare, in particular counterinsurgency, and applied them to cyber conflict. So which lessons in particular um, would you highlight here and why are they critical? Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will be familiar with saying, let's look at X field and see what they can teach us about cyber. Right. If you go through the literature, you see people saying, well, cyber is like space because it affects everywhere. Or cyber is like air power because you can bypass fielded enemy forces. Or cyber is like intelligence and signals intelligence. Cyber is like X, Y, and Z. And so each of us are taking, you know, none of those should be considered very deep analogies. And I'm not trying to make any deep analogy here. But we can say there are lessons. And there are three that I found. Um, one was certainly the way that we look at this deception and intelligence, that there are important parallels there that I don't think had been 
picked up much. There aren't important lessons from that or not as important as I think the other areas. The other two was the role of the host nation in population and lessons about firepower. And so we don't necessarily think of cyber conflict as another kind of population-centric warfare, like we find in regular warfare and counterintelligence. With that mindset, it can change how we think about this. Right? You start thinking about, well, maybe success isn't successfully beating the adversary, it's, it's winning, I hate to say the phrase hearts and minds, but, but maybe it's winning over the other non-combatants in this space. Um, and it's a really big difference here because in, when we normally think about cyber conflict, if you read the doctrine and the strategies, it's as if the private sector doesn't even exist. At most, we'll tend to say, well, remember the, we've got to remember the private sector owns 90% of the critical infrastructure, but it goes way beyond that. Um, Any time in cyberspace, we're sailing past the breakwater. You're in networks that someone built for their own purposes. Civilians can't flee the battlefield because they built it with their own money. And the Department of Defense uses this euphemism um, uh, gray space, right? Their stuff is red space, our stuff is blue space. Everything else is gray space, which means, which is a euphemism for public property. And a lot of, so to take the concept of host nation, the host nation in cyberspace can be analogized to these technology companies and cybersecurity companies that are building and maintaining cyberspace for their own purposes. Companies like Microsoft and Google and Verizon and PCCW and Deutsche Telekom and British Telecom and Orange and the rest. And so they bring incredible capabilities that the DoD can't really replicate. And yet we are trying to do that, right? Cyber Command for the first years of its existence tried to say the answer lies at Fort Meade, the home of Cyber Command, instead of saying, what is it that the host nation can do and what is it that we can do? Right. Let me shift to your conclusion. where you say there may be no military solution for countering cyber attacks. Can you elaborate on that point a little bit for our listeners, please? Yes, I mean, certainly we, you know, and this gets to the third lesson, that especially traditionalists in the military come at this, well, you know, it's always going to come down to fire, maneuver and firepower, right? It was always going to have to bring heat blast and fragmentation against the adversary to, to, to get them to follow our will. Um, and some of the lessons of irregular warfare are, well, sometimes it's not a positive correlation between firepower and outcomes, right? Between looser rules of engagement, between um, looser operational constraints, which is what's being argued for now in cyber in cyberspace. Um, and actually not just argued for, but achieved, right? Sometimes when you get looser rules of engagement, you bomb Afghan weddings, right? You end up by unleashing more firepower, you're making the situation worse for yourself, right? And this is what's in the, um, you know, in, in many of the, the pages of, of your journal has come out and said, um, you've got these paradoxes. And a lot of time the use of more firepower isn't going to make your situation better. You've got to find other ways other than the end of a gun to convince people of your way and to be seen as legitimate. 
and we accept that. Again, we might argue it, of course, if we're talking about Iraq or Afghanistan or counterinsurgency, other kinds of regular warfare. And it, that thinking hasn't, I think, been brought to cyber conflict, right? They're just like we say the, to, to win in uh, counterinsurgency, you can't just have a military win. You've got to have the host nation be seen as the legitimate power and take the legitimacy away from the insurgents. It's not just going to be a military solution. The military should be a smaller part of that. And if that we have, um, and if we defund, for example, the State Department, we're going to need to buy more ammunition. I'd love to bring that kind of thinking more into cyber conflict so that we're not solely thinking of a military solution. And, and we're pretty close to it right now in cyber conflict of seeing DOD as the one that's going to save the day. Right. Jay, thank you so much for your insights um, and for your time today. It's been a pleasure having you on Decisive Point. And I'll thank you also to our readers, our listeners. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Decisive Point. Thank you.